Welcome. You're listening to a broadcast by Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partner for smart and powerful generosity. And here's your host, Reverend Philip Leo, Director of Church Communications. Hey, everyone. Andy Reiskamp and I are getting ready here in a couple of minutes to uh, work through a discussion about uh, vision-driven deacons. And uh, we're just going to give a couple of seconds to make sure that everything is up and running and that we're all good to go. Um, Andy, welcome to you. Great Thank to you. have you today. You, Good to be there. And thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, this morning, or in your case, this afternoon. And also thanks for working along with me on this, uh, an important topic, and one uh, that I hope is going to be helpful to those who join us uh, live, but also uh, those who uh, would watch it after we repost it. And that's one thing I should mention that, uh, Will, if you're interested in a transcript of this conversation, then in the next issue, the November issue of Giving Well, which is Barnabas Foundation's uh, e-newsletter to pastors, we'll include that transcript uh, to pastor or uh, for uh, pastors that want to access that. Um, also, I completely forgot to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Philip Leo. I am Church Communications Director here at Barnabas Foundation. And again, I'm uh, super happy to have Andy Reiskamp uh, join me today. Andy is Director of the Diaconal Ministry Initiative of the CRCNA. What we're going to cover today, we're going to be talking about uh, common mistakes when it comes to church vision. We're going to talk about uh, the unique role of deacons when it comes to church vision. And also, we're going to cover uh, accountability and how that factors into achieving vision in the church and also how vision is sustained over, over the long haul. So that's what we're going to cover. If you're joining us live, we welcome you. I also uh, want to mention that if you have questions, please uh, enter them into the live stream uh, on your Facebook page, because that way we'll be able to take them uh, directly from you from that live stream. Uh, I think that's it. So let's um, start into this, Andy. I uh, noticed a few weeks ago an article you had posted on the network, uh, and I have it here in front of me, uh, Managing the Vision Deacons and Elders, and that really caught my eye. That was sort of what sparked me reaching out to you because uh, at Barnabas Foundation, we're always interested in how vision um, drives giving and the relationship between generous giving and and clear vision. Um, so it was a natural for me to reach out to you on this, and I think a natural for you to be able to talk about um, uh, this as well. Uh, do you want to say anything about that article at all? Um, well, it's, it's something that comes out of um, some of my more recent experience in consulting with uh, churches and with classes 
on um, where they're at in their planning process, their strategic planning process, and, and helping them think uh, clearly about what are the priorities that they want to focus on. And what I'm discovering is that uh, if a church has uh, a vision statement, that it's probably something that they went through at one point, but it's uh, on the shelf someplace, and it doesn't really inform their um, their practices, their strategic uh, thinking programming on uh, uh, perhaps a, a more regular basis, I would say monthly or uh, even yearly. Sure. And, and so uh, that also affects uh, the role that deacons play. And uh, part of my role uh, that the nomination has asked me to work on is help uh, put in place the, the leadership um, vision that the denomination uh, has for the office of deacon. In 2015, uh, a synod of the CRC uh, really uh, created uh, quite a dramatic change in church order and in the expectations of the diaconate. We're wanting to see the diaconate very, very active in areas of justice, mercy, reconciliation, community involvement, and then having them also not only be that at the local level, but then also at a regional classes level, but and then denominations. Hence, we have deacons now seated at classes and, uh, and at the denomination. And so deacons are sensing that they have a leadership uh, role to play and uh, find themselves still often caught in sort of this, what is our role now in terms of the vision and mission of the church and over against uh, expectations of that they are maybe the benevolence committee and uh, organizing the Thanksgiving dinner for widows and some of the traditional aspects of, of ministry, collecting the offerings and, and uh, that that isn't necessarily a full-orbed aspect of leadership that they're expecting. Right, right. Yeah, that's um, that's really good uh, as uh, the role of deacon continues to emerge, continues to be defined. Um, there's this question of how uh, how does the work of a deacon uh, relate in its own unique way to the vision of a church? And it's going to be different, say, from that of um, an elder or the pastor or ministry leaders and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think in, in our tradition, we have elders and deacons. So there is a leadership expectation written into our church orders that the, the deacons are accountable to the Council for their part of the ministry of the church, and the elders are as a consistory responsible for their piece of the uh, to the council for the division right. of the church. That's right. written right into our, our structure, right. but we don't always fulfill it that way. And so, what I'm encouraging is, you know, when I sit down with deacons and they say, "Well, we're sort of struggling with our leadership role," so well, what what's the vision and mission of our church? And quite often, that if it is our articulated it isn't active i think that's a, a real a real issue right yeah. uh, so vision of course is a buzzword always um it gets a lot of play uh, um in business uh in in the church world uh, um but it's a big word um and there's there's a lot written about it in your experience when you think about vision and how it plays out and gets worked out in the church what are some common 
uh, either misconceptions or pitfalls when it comes to the way a vision, the way vision gets worked out in, in the local church? Yeah, um, uh, I can speak personally to that. I was involved in um, uh, in church that I attended for for many years. I was involved in um, doing a strategic uh, initiative for them twice, chairing that process, and. Uh, and uh, what what happened is is for a while some priorities are elevated, um, but unless that that statement or that vision and the priorities that flow out of it become sort of this living dynamic in terms of follow up and accountability, um, they quickly sort of fall by the wayside or are dependent on a particular person continuing to hold it. So the sustainability right. of continually asking the question of um, how are we doing on our strategic priorities and do those strategic priorities need to change in terms of our context changing that that question isn't regularly wrestled with right i think uh having guided a nonprofit for for many years those are the questions we constantly wrestle with on a regular basis so that uh, we can remain relevant and if a church in its community wants to remain relevant then it has to really has to wrestle with those communities uh, with those questions and then the aspect of what is the responsibility of the deacons within that right right yeah and we're going to touch on accountability in a bit um before we get to that uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the unique role of deacons when it comes to vision. What's uh, What's been your experience um, in this, and, and what are you thinking these days about that role? Yeah, it might be helpful to uh, look at a couple of different ways that I think deacons um, deacons function, and and uh, they're uh, you know each each context is unique. So in in um, many churches that's uh, they have a key financial role. So they're sort of the finance committee, making sure the offerings are 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 collected. Um, and um, in other in, in many churches, there's a couple of key initiatives that uh, are important. Um, some churches will have a food ministry to the neighborhood, um, or they'll be involved in tutoring through Kids Hope or some program like that. And uh, they might delegate a deacon to that, that subcommittee, and, and, and then the deacons report back on what's happening in those, in those key areas. Um, so there's di many different ways of organizing that. What the, the question that I'm encouraging uh, the churches to think about is when it comes to those ministries that are a priority for the church, how do we make sure that uh, those, number one, are supported well? Um, number two are really the priorities that we want for our church because of the nature of the community that we're in. And, and then um, how do we make sure that those are sustainable over time? I think those are the key leadership role that the deacons need to play rather than maybe just reporting back on what's actually happening. Um, I think it's making sure that that's, the support is there, that it's sustainable over time, and that that is uh, the key priority that we want to focus on as, as a church. And that goes right. back, of course, to the vision mission piece. 
Yeah, can you talk a little bit, you talk about how deacons are responsible for outcomes of justice and mercy. Can you comment on that and relate it to um, church vision then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, maybe I can make it personal. Um, I attend a church that is in a high need community in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so um, what the church has done is established um, five key community partnerships. And, um, and so that's really, uh, that's really done well. Um, there is a, a memorandum of understanding between the, uh, those partnerships and the church. Um, but there isn't, a cent- there isn't a governance piece that says, how are we doing on fulfilling our memorandum of understanding? Uh, right. are, are we, are, if we're going to give uh, 15 uh, mentors to this particular program that's uh, addressing uh, uh, youth in our community, uh, at-risk youth in our community, um, how, how are we doing on recruiting those? Is the deacon getting up on Sunday and saying, folks, we need five more uh, members to really fulfill our commitment. Uh, it, there is, it, it needs to have sort of that, that governance uh, component uh, there. So uh, I would say that I would love to see the deacons being responsible for saying, yes, those are the, the five vital community partnerships we want to have. And we want to make sure that we are fulfilling our commitment to those. Um, right. so, so that's a that's you know more of a, a how how active are we in engaging in our community and taking responsibility for um, yeah, the the involvement the restoration of our community. Right. So let's just stay with that same example of your church uh, in five different uh, community partnerships um, and the deacons' work involved in that. In a church system, how how does accountability, we said we were going to talk about accountability, how does accountability factor into that in terms of um, achieving success in in that partner in those partnerships mm-hmm. well you know if if, um, if the church was a uh, not-for-profit organization then probably there would be a board of directors that would hold the, the chief um, executive officer accountable for you know certain certain outcomes right? right and they would establish that they would establish that together and and try to make sure that that gets lived out if at all possible um, and and in that context too um, you know your board of directors is is looking at you know how is our context changing and how do we need to adapt our strategies well that becomes the role of the council right in our structure we have deacons and elders so they then the question becomes, how are we dividing up that level of accountability? What are the elders accountable for? And uh, I usually re- refer to that in terms of, of the, the spiritual nurture of the membership and, and uh, you know, more focus more on the membership where the role of the deacons might be more externally focused. That, that, that's an easy division of task for me. And when I talk to pastors about that, that, that makes sense to a lot of them. Um, okay, so, but then we have, um, how, how do the elders and deacons then report for in, in the case of, of 
community partnerships, how are they reporting back to the council on our whether or not we're achieving what we said we wanted to achieve. Right, right. And, um, you know, um, it, so it, it's important to, of course, track the right kinds of things. And that sometimes can be a question of, uh, you know, well, um, you know, are we really track tracking the kinds of things that are really important? Um, or are we just, you know, uh, if we just say, hey, you know, we we want to have X number of volunteer hours in our community, that that uh, it has one certain outcome, but it's not really the in, maybe necessarily doing the impact that we want. If, right. If right. So does the council do that? Uh, do the are the deacons setting those um, measurables themselves? Is that in dialogue with uh, the elders and the pastor? Um, you know, how do those get set? I think I think what's happening in our context, Bill, uh, most often is that the deacons are sort of setting that in in their own in their own context, right? In, okay. in sort of in, their, in sort of their silo, yeah. and and uh, and then that always depends on who do you have in that office. So the the relationship of what the deacons are doing um, might be very appropriate, but is it is is it owned by um, by the by the church? So, um, ideally, those outcomes or that impact is set together as a visioning process that involves um, you know the ownership of the membership, uh, but very definitely where the council says yes, we want to make sure that this is, these outcomes are telling us whether we're doing what we said we were doing and is meaningful to continues to be meaningful to our context and to our, our sustainability as a, as a community. Right. So that at set times during, say, over the course of a year, it doesn't have to, it can be once a year or, or, you know, a few times a year at set times, the council together as a whole can revisit what the measurables are, um, not just for deacons, but for elders and for the pastor as well, and um, either reset or celebrate, um, you know, what's been achieved or not achieved. Yeah. And I think, I think in, in the case that, you know, the areas that you would be interested in from Barnabas's perspective, stewardship for instance if we say okay what what are we uh, what are we wanting to achieve in terms of even budget around that that would be a monthly kind of a thing you know financial are we achieving our budget right but then from a stewardship perspective what would we like to see our membership be exposed to uh, from a stewardship education perspective and even that process piece can be something to that we say, are we on track on that? Right. Because sometimes that's to say, oh, you know, we, we want all of our membership to be trained in X, Y, Z. And uh, that's a wonderful goal. But if someone doesn't put the pieces together, it's not going to happen. Right. right. Uh, and so Absolutely. even the process pieces are important to say, uh, did we do what we said we wanted to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's take just a step back here and, and pick up uh, this word vision again. Um, one of the challenges, of course, as you've already alluded to, is uh, how vision gets dropped, um, which, which impacts um, everybody's work at a church, regardless of their role, regardless of their position. If there's a vision that's being pursued, but it falls away, which happens easily, 
Um, then uh, deacons get lost, elders get lost, pastors get lost in that. So um, I'm just wondering if we could reflect for a couple of minutes on church vision, how it's sustained um, for the long haul. And I can uh, comment on that too, if you want to go first, and I can comment on it from Barnabas Foundation's perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I see uh, many churches actually doing a strategic planning process. And, and so um, defining what they want to, how they want to be relevant to their community, for instance, is, is something that, um, that gets addressed. And there's many really, really good resources out there for, for analyzing that. Um, but I think there's, and once, once there's outcomes or um, established around that, uh, that programs that we want to um, engage in or partnerships that we want to engage in, there's, I think, two elements that become really important. How are we doing with uh, the things that we said we wanted to do? And how do those need to change in terms of the long-term context? Um, our, our communities are changing rapidly, so that needs to be something that we take into account. Um, our, our, many of our churches, uh, you know, the, as the membership ages, um, what do we what do we need to do? And and so the role um, I see deacons playing are are one of saying, um, how are we going to remain sustainable, um, right. both in terms of our membership. So you know, establishing the legacy account becomes important right. there, right? And then the other part is is how how do we need to change if we can't want to do want to be relevant to our community? Some churches are maybe more of a regional church, and so then then the question becomes what region things that we really need to engage in to have this church be uh, relevant to to our, our more of a regional context. Not every church can establish a, a clear parish area, if you will. But I think each church needs to wrestle with uh, what is our parish? Is our parish a, you know, square blocks around our community that we want to impact, or is it, you know, is it larger than that? And then out of that flows what you want to do strategically. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for mentioning that uh, is uh, from Barnabas Foundation. You mentioned a legacy foundation. This is tied to sustainability of uh, ministry uh, for the long haul, uh, because a, a legacy foundation is a is a church foundation uh, that's run through Barnabas Foundation and is organized uh, along the lines of uh, you know church building, mission, Christian education, uh, benevolence these these kinds of things. However, the church wants to set it up, uh, but what it allows is it allows um, church members to easily designate uh, gifts in their will uh, to their church so that they know that their gifts will be stewarded uh, well properly through Barnabas Foundation. Uh, what that does for the church is that when those gifts are made and they're stewarded that way in a legacy foundation, there uh, becomes a sort of baseline of funding for the long haul, for the, for the big picture of ministry. 
so it's a significant tool for churches as they think about vision, as they think about what um, the next 20 years or 50 years or 100 years, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's also another account through Barnabas Foundation called the Church Treasure Account, uh, which allows, again, it's another account that's run through Barnabas Foundation, but it allows a church to receive uh, for current operating budget non-cash assets, stocks, uh, commodities, property, these sorts of things. Uh, it gives a church a, a, the ability to be able to do that in real time uh, for the for this year's budget. And that's another really wonderful tool that's available to churches through Barnabas Foundation. Uh, we, also, we also have a, a church stewardship survey. Uh, we were talking earlier about how churches get a handle on um, what their goals are related to giving, to, uh, to generosity, those kinds of things. So we have a church stewardship survey that can be administered and churches can use that. Uh, we can work with uh, any church uh, to administer that and uh, you get a really nice, uh, concise report of what people's attitudes are related to um, their church and its vision and how their giving makes a difference uh, in, in real-time ministry. Uh, so that's another really wonderful tool through through Barnabas Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Andy, I want to, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'd like you to, I printed off the most recent uh, e-newsletter for deacons and um, I don't have to show it, but here it is. And uh, I'm just wondering if you could say a word about that. I'm going to check our live stream for, see if any, any questions are coming in. But okay. if you could just talk about that while I check to see if there's any questions. Yeah, the, uh, the four, what, what we're really trying to do, uh, especially on the U.S. side, the, the Canada side uh, of our denomination is well organized through diaconal ministries of Canada in terms of resourcing deacons. But we're trying to really build sort of this a virtual community of deacons to, to be regularly talking about this. And so one instrument that would use is the e-newsletter for deacons. And the last issue really deals with what we've been talking about, Phil, and, and gives them um, resources that they can go to to um, look at when they're wrestling with, you know, um, what's, the, what's the, even the role of vision and mission in terms of uh, the place on the agenda on a regular basis? How often should that be on the agenda? What should be on the agenda regularly related to vision and mission? Uh, if that isn't part of critical part, of the agenda, then we're, we're missing something at our, at our meetings uh, in terms of that accountability piece. And so um, <clears throat> the Lupton Center does a, a wonderful job. Uh, Lupton Center is a resource for churches doing community engagement yeah. uh, out of Atlanta, and uh, they have five principles that they, that they work with. Um, God is already here. We see everybody as a, an image bearer of, of, of God. Um, we make, have to make sure word and deed are integrated. We have to use our mind as well as our heart, and we have to measure impact. Now, 
that you know you can use that for congregational for planning what you want to do with your membership but you can also use that to plan for what you want to accomplish in your community and make sure that those principles are involved in in how we're doing our planning but you know they are clearly articulate that 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 accountability piece is is a critical part of that and right. uh, i think it's a wonderful wonderful instrument to to look at and keep those five principles in mind so andy uh we're we're at the end of our time but there is a uh question or comment from roger uh i'm going to read it to you here any thoughts about how deacons can anticipate needs as the congregation or the community changes Mm -hmm. Um, there are some wonderful tools on the network that you can look at Uh, diaconal ministries of canada has what they call their community opportunity scan and uh, it's uh, it's it's a, a tool that that uh, says, hey, what what is it that's happening in our community? And again, using those principles, saying what what's what's God already doing in our community? What are the resources in our community that we can relate to? Are there some partnerships that we can establish that help us do that? But then to regularly work with those partners to say, how is our community changing, and how does what we have to be doing in our community change as a result of that um a lot of a lot of churches that have started with the food truck coming because they see a food need in their community are saying well that's that's one way of addressing the food issue but wouldn't it be better if we move to a food co-op instead of just handing out stuff right right? and so it it helps you to think through that process uh quite clearly and so uh, yeah good resources on there and uh my um my email address is related to a lot of those newsletters so people should feel free to contact me okay well andy i am so appreciative of uh this time uh thank you for your insight thank you for uh your thought life about uh, the role of deacons in the church and how vision uh, is uniquely tailored to their their work and how they connect to that. Um, I just want to mention again something I said at the, at the top of our time together that there will be a transcript of this made available in next month's Giving Well uh, e-newsletter to pastors uh, from Barnabas Foundation. So I um, want to make that available. And Andy, I am certain... Uh, Uh, we will be staying in touch and uh, continuing uh, this conversation. Thanks for the opportunity, Phil. I appreciate it very much. Of course. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.barnabasfoundation.com.